there are lots of good reasons to try and follow a healthier diet. You lose weight, you feel good, but the main reason? To live a longer, happy, productive life. Sounds good, right? And though it may sound deceptively easy, the devil is in the details. Welcome to the Nutrition Facts Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Michael Greger. Today we talk about improving how our body defends itself against invaders. And if that sounds like a video game, well, that's not too far from the truth, because our bodies are constantly under attack. Here are some ways to improve immune function in children and adults under physical and psychological stress. Natural immunomodulators are getting more and more popular, things that might naturally regulate our immune system. That Popularity, however, often brings over-optimistic claims and mediocre effects. Such mythical beasts have been sought after for centuries. The current market is full of all sorts of supplements promising the golden fleece, inexpensive, no side effects, yet actively boosting our immune system. Many simply repeat unjustified claims with hardly any science to support them. On the other hand, there, there is beta-glucan, which has undergone 10,000 scientific studies and clinical trials. Wait, what? Beta-glucan is the fiber in nutritional yeast, able to decrease episodes of common illnesses in young children. But what about in adults? First of all, why can't they just come up with a vaccine against the common cold virus? because there is no single common cold virus. There are hundreds of different viruses implicated in causing cold-like symptoms. So that's why there's so much interest in finding a general, non-specific immune booster across the board. Beta-glucan supplementation can increase the levels of immunoglobulin A in the saliva within four days at a daily dose of 400 mg, but not 100 mg. So the amount found in about two teaspoons of nutritional yeast a day, but not a half teaspoon. IgA is an antibody that plays a crucial role in the immune function of our moist membranes, like eyes, nose, and mouth. One teaspoon's worth didn't do much until they exercised. Two hours after a strenuous 50-minute bout of strenuous cycling in a hot human environment, uh, those who had been on the yeast beta-glucan did get that IgA boost. Beta-glucans failed, however, to boost the antimicrobial activity of white blood cells taken from subjects who had been taking like a tablespoon's worth a day. Uh, what we care about, though, are clinical outcomes. Do those consuming beta-glucans suffer significantly fewer infections? Okay, how about a double-blind, randomized, placebo-controlled nutritional study to see if yeast beta-glucan can improve our immune defense system? 100 people fall for 26 weeks, 50 getting about a tablespoon of nutritional yeast worth of beta-glucan a day, 50 getting placebo, and they just counted how many episodes of the common cold they got, and there was no significant difference. Now, if you just look at the first half of the time during cold season, there did appear to be fewer infections in the active group, meaning the beta-glucan group. But this is what's called a post hoc analysis, where you go back and look at your data after the fact, which is frowned upon by the scientific community because it increases the likelihood that your findings are just due to chance. But those who did end up getting sick while on the beta-glucan did genuinely appear to suffer milder symptoms. 
A similar larger study had similar findings. Maybe the severity of the colds was lessened, but in the main analysis, no significant difference in the number of times people got colds in the first place. Same in other studies, no significant differences in the number of symptomatic respiratory infection episodes, no significant effect on upper respiratory tract infection outcomes, so overall, pretty disappointing results. But wait a second, what about my video about preserving immune function in athletes with nutritional yeast? They found a significant drop in cold symptoms two weeks and four weeks after a marathon at both one teaspoon of yeast worth of beta-glucan a day and two teaspoons. Yeah, but they had just run a marathon. Remember this study where the effect only seemed to emerge after strenuous exercise? That's where beta-glucan seems to shine, counteracting the toll extreme physical exertion can have on our immune function. In an athlete, that just may mean some lost practice days or something. But for soldiers or firefighters, maintaining one's health, even in the context of heavy physical stress, uh, could be critical. OK, but that's counteracting the effects of physical stress. What about mental stress? Stressful life events can impair our moist membrane defenses, such that psychological stress has also been shown to increase susceptibility to the common cold, getting more colds and worse colds than people under less stress. So let's see if we can help. And indeed, in this study of healthy women under moderate levels of perceived psychological stress, those taking about a teaspoon of nutritional yeast a day worth of beta-glucans for 12 weeks were 60% less likely to report experiencing symptoms like sore throat, stuffed or runny nose, or cough, strongly suggesting that bakers, brewers, and nutritional yeast beta-glucan is able to counteract the negative effects of stress on the immune system. And they experienced 41% greater vigor, which is a measure of, that encompasses you know, physical energy, mental acuity, and emotional well-being. So they just felt better, too. Put all the studies together, and yeast beta-glucans do appear to have immune-strengthening effects, at least in children, and those under physical or mental stress. The green algae chlorella may help attenuate the drop in immune function antibodies associated with over-strenuous exercise. Here's the research. Sedentary women who start briskly walking on a treadmill 45 minutes a day for a few months may cut their risk of upper respiratory tract infections in half. Uh, but how does exercise improve our immune system? Approximately 95% of all infections are initiated at the mucosal surfaces, the moist surfaces like our eyes, nose, and mouth, that are protected by antibodies like IgA, which provides an immunological barrier by neutralizing and preventing viral pathogens from penetrating the body. The IgA in our saliva, for example, is the first line of defense against respiratory tract infections such as pneumonia and influenza. And moderate aerobic exercise, even just 30 minutes in the gym three times a week, may be all it takes to significantly boost IgA levels and significantly decrease the risk of coming down with flu-like symptoms. But we've known for a long time that prolonged heavy exercise may 
reduce resistance to infectious disease, uh, manifesting by an apparent two- to six-fold increase in upper respiratory tract infection symptoms for several weeks following marathon running. Even just a single bout of overstrenuous exercise may drop IgA levels. Within a day of starting an international competition, for example, elite soccer players suffered a significant drop in IgA secretion. Yacht racing athletes uh, training for America's Cup who got upper respiratory tract infections during training had significantly lower IgA concentrations. Those with higher levels had fewer infections, and if you measure over time, you can see dropping levels precede the infection. Furthermore, a simple fatigue rating appears to reflect changes in salivary immunity. If you just ask them, you know, how rested do you feel? Those reported feeling worse than normal had significantly lower IgA levels. Sport coaches are advised to monitor immune function since illness could ultimately lead to a decrease in performance. Therefore, it may be necessary to take protective actions to, for example, minimize contact with cold viruses. But the reason athletes can't get away with just washing their hands and wearing a mask is because upper respiratory tract infections are often triggered by reactivations of latent viruses already inside our bodies, like Epstein-Barr virus, EBV. And as soon as our immune function dips, the virus becomes reactivated. Uh, IgA levels drop the day before EBV comes out of hiding and causes a spike in symptoms. These results suggest that the appearance of upper respiratory symptoms is associated with reactivation of EBV and reduction of salivary IgA during training. So how are we going to preserve immunity in athletes? Well, I talked about the efficacy of using a one-celled fungi, nutritional yeast, to boost the immune system of athletes. What about a one-celled plant? Researchers out of Japan found <clears throat> excuse me, IgA concentrations in breast milk could be increased by giving mothers chlorella, a unicellular freshwater green algae sold as powder or compressed into tablets. What about other parts of the body? 30 tablets of chlorella a day for a month increased IgA secretion in the mouth as well. Uh, but does that actually help in a clinically meaningful way? Researchers in Canada tried to see if they could boost the efficacy of flu shots, but a chlorella-derived dietary supplement did not appear to have any effect. Uh, they were using some purified extract of chlorella, though not the real thing. What about giving chlorella to athletes during training camp? High-intensity physical activity, group living, ripe for infection. And indeed, the training was so intense, IgA levels significantly dropped, but not in those given chlorella each day. So chlorella intake may attenuate the reduced IgA secretion during athletic training. Athletes who overtrain may put excessive stress on their bodies and become more susceptible to respiratory infections, but the fiber found in nutritional and brewer's yeast may prevent this immune decline in marathon runners. Moderate exercise improves immunity and decreases illness rates. By far the most important finding that has emerged from exercise immunology studies over the past two decades is that positive immune changes take place during each bout 
of moderate physical activity. Over time, this translates to fewer days of sickness with the common cold and other upper respiratory infections. We're talking a 25 to 50% reduction in sick days. Name one drug or supplement that can do that. And it doesn't take much. Let kids run around for just six minutes, and you can boost the numbers of immune cells circulating in their bloodstream by more than a third. And at the other end of the life cycle, exercise may help prevent age-related immune decline. Sedentary women in their 70s may have a 50% chance of getting an upper respiratory illness during the fall season every year. But walk a half hour a day, and your risk is down to 20%, and the runners in the group got it under 10. That's like a five-time better immune system. Now, while regular physical activity improves immune function and lowers upper respiratory infection risk, sustained and intense exertion may have the opposite effect, uh, forming a so-called J-shaped curve relationship. As you go from inactive to active, your infection risk declines, but hardcore athletes that overtrain may actually put excessive stress on their bodies and increase their risk of infection. Then you could lose training days, your performance could suffer, so what can you do? Well, traditional sports medicine doesn't appear to have much to offer. Advising athletes to, you know, don't pick your nose, avoid sick people, get a flu shot. A new study, though, found that one can better maintain one's level of circulating white blood cells after exhaustive exercise by consuming a special type of fiber found in bakers, brewers, and nutritional yeast. Brewer's yeast is bitter, but nutritional yeast has a nice cheesy flavor. I use it mostly sprinkle on popcorn. Anyway, normally two hours after cycling your brains out, you can experience a dip in circulating monocytes, one of our first line of defense white blood cells. But those who had been eating the equivalent of less than three-quarters of a teaspoon a day of nutritional yeast ended up even better than when they started after strenuous exercise. Sprinkle a little spoonful of nutritional yeast, and you may feel less tense, less fatigued, less confused, even less angry. And my favorite, significantly more vigor. To see any graphs, charts, graphics, images, or studies mentioned here, please go to the Nutrition Facts podcast landing page. There you'll find all the detailed information you need, plus links to all the sources we cite for each of these topics. Be sure to check out my new How Not to Die cookbook. It's beautifully designed with more than 120 recipes for delicious plant-based meals, snacks, and beverages. All the proceeds from the sales of all my books all goes to charity. I just want you to be healthier. NutritionFacts.org is a nonprofit science-based public service where you can sign up for free daily updates on the latest in nutrition research via bite-sized videos and articles. Everything on the website is free. There's no ads, no corporate sponsorships, strictly non-commercial, not selling anything. I just put it up as a public service as a labor of love, as a tribute to my grandmother, whose own life was saved with evidence-based nutrition. Thanks for listening to Nutrition Facts. I'm Dr. Michael Greger.